training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. But Excuse me. Hello. Let me start that again. Three, two, one. All right. Hello. Welcome to a live episode of the BCSN Sports Wrap. You'd have thought I'd been ready for that, Drew. Um, and then all of a sudden, I got that get that clump in my throat, and it was like. Rrr, 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 rrr. So your, sorry about your that. voice is not trained to be talking this early on a Sunday. Exactly. We are an hour. We are starting our show a little bit earlier than normal. So yeah, you're right. My 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 pipes. 
have it warmed up to uh to this uh to this uh, to this time but uh uh good to have you on drew uh how you doing this afternoon as we as we like to uh, as, i guess it's still afternoon so we can we can say yes. good afternoon to everybody i'm doing fine my brother uh got a engagement this evening so uh Appreciate you making the decision to come on an hour early instead of cutting the show an hour short so that we can give our people their full two hours, two-ish hours, you know. Hopefully we keep it to uh, a, a very short-ish to uh, today. Not, oh, you know, we, we've had shows where you and I have said we're going to get in and out of here in a little bit over an hour and three hours later we're still going over uh, topics so you know and, and that's the good thing about the format of our show the long form you know if conversations lead to further conversations and going totally off our script then fine so be it you know as long as we get up and go to work on Monday morning it, it's all good you don't have it right now since you know you're in the educational field the secondary educational field and you're in that eight to ten weeks where you don't have to worry about getting up at six o'clock in the morning so but unfortunately but my- i'm on the collegiate level now so i'm back to it doesn't matter for me <laughs> my 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 internal clock still wakes me up at you know, five thirty in the morning, and then I have. And to don't that piss you off? Oh, it, I don't know. You know, and I and this is that's part. Yeah, it does. I was gonna say something, but I'm not. But yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. It's you know, but I'm an early bird, so and I'm I'm training myself to learn how to go to bed a little bit earlier. Um, I'm glad you said you had and and uh, an engagement this evening and not an entanglement. No, sir. You got okay. No, I, I was just trying to see if you were, you know, how... <laughs> no, well, sir. I, I, that, maybe, maybe twenty, maybe twenty years ago, that may have, I may have fallen into that trap, but not at my age anymore. I, I got you. Got to say hello to Mary three hundred five. First one to get in. She's she must have Mary. You must have the the bell and the notification which is great so that when you follow the show and there's a notification set up that uh, you, you get the notice that, Hey, these guys are going live. So we appreciate you, Mary, um, for jumping in. Cause you know, this is one of those episodes who knows half the, half the people may not come in until about six o'clock Eastern five central an hour into the show and be like, yo, you guys started early. Yeah, we started early, but, but you know, yeah. Hey, look, we we sent out the note. Look, you know, we do the best we can with with trying to alert people. Hopefully, you know our format. Our format is we come on Sunday evenings around around this time, and so if six, six o'clock Eastern, five o'clock Central on ninety percent of the Sundays. But out of the fifty-two Sundays, we probably forty-eight of them come on at that time. You know, that, that's two weeks in a row we haven't been on at our regular time, Brian, because last week we did the pregame to the yeah. SWAC Baseball Championship instead of our regular show. So I hope people tuned in at 6 o'clock and realized we weren't there and went back and watched their replay. Right, And right. How, how right were we in our analysis? 
over uh, those two we, days. We were we were very right. Before we get into that, let me let me do the the standard protocol intros. Say hello to anybody watching us on Facebook. Of course, anybody watching us on Twitter and all the places where you might be watching us. Hopefully, you are already a follower of the Black College Sports Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at my BCSN one, the number one. And then uh, if you're following the Jericho Broadcast Network's app on the Google Play or Apple App Store, uh, if not, you can go just search my JBM, my BCSN is where you can find us. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, getting back to our predictions last Sunday. So I, I realized this. We hadn't – we did – all right. We did a pre – pre-show uh before the SWAT baseball tournament and yes we you know both made good strong solid predictions leading into that game I think you you and I both picked the Florida classic and we both picked FAMU to win uh and so that was pretty that was pretty fun I I tell you I didn't I told you this offline I didn't pitch an inning or or one out or one strike, uh, and I did not swing a bat. But, dude, I was tired after that trip to Atlanta. And I felt like going up to Atlanta and even two days after coming back, I've been in my car. I think, you know, you get notifications that say how long you've been on your phone. I think I had just as – I think I had more phone, more more driving time in my car or in the car that I was in than I did phone time. I mean, between drive, you know, my parent, my parent, my dad, and my sister live up there in Atlanta. So between traveling with them in between games, getting to the ballpark, going home, going here, catching up with Roy, I was in the car so much. I mean, a beautiful car. I had no problems, but 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 by the end of the trip, <laughs> by the end of the trip, Drew, I was tired. I think my arms and shoulders and body just hurt from being in the car. Um, I don't know if you've experienced trips like that, um, but yes. that was the that was the one thing. So I mean, I'm 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 thankful we won yeah. because at the end of the day, winning took away the pain of all that driving. Let me just say that. How, how were your knees, Ryan? You know, these actually, first actually, they were pretty good. I didn't catch any random hamstring, leg cramps. Uh, you know, which if you don't stretch or if you don't have the right amount of potassium or water you know all of those factors i'm learning in age and i'm learning with age how to prepare for road trips <laughs> and again yeah. rest stops hey me and rest stops we are simpatico i love rest stops i'm telling you i love them love them. not not for any strange not for any strange reason let me let me let me let me preface that I, there's there's no shenanigans no, i don't love rest stops like that but i just the, the chance to get to a place where I can stretch, go to the bathroom, you know, kind of wonder where are those people going or, you know, just kind of wander around my scenery. I, I, I'm, a, I'm becoming a fan of Florida rest stops. So, all right. I, I got you. I got you. Hey, uh, Brian, you know you're in the car when, you, when your butt starts hurting. That's when you know you've been in the car too long. And, well, yeah. and, and everybody has probably been there at some point in time. Yes, and so, that, and that's why they made rest stops every thirty to forty miles for you to what? Get, if you miss the if you miss one, don't miss the second one. Get out of the car, 
you know, and, and stretch and do all the I'm, other stuff. So I'm not a wrist stop fan, Brian. But in order in order of my stops, and this is not a paid promotion, Bucky's. Oh, love Bucky's. Uh, I'll do I'll do a love. Hold on, hold on. Let me go or, back for a second. Or, I'll, Bucky, do a, I'll, or I'll do, do a circle K. How much are you spending at Bucky's? What's the over? What's the over under? Because you may you when I tell you how much I spent at Bucky's this last trip, you may be like, "Damn, B, what what's your average that you may spend at Bucky's?" Am I see. am I hungry or not? That's the question. Oh well, man, let's go hungry. Uh, I might walk out of there without without fuel. I might walk out of there an extra twenty bucks or so. Twenty bucks. That's it. Okay. Yeah. You know, plus the fuel. And that oh, twenty bucks plus fuel. Yes. What are you? What are you buying? Just a soda? You're. I mean, you're spending how much on gas? And then what are you just buying? One soda? No, uh, no. It, if you get, I, I, I'm not including the fuel in that twenty bucks. Oh, I got you. I got you. Okay. Okay. Uh, that, yeah. You know what? You're you're a smarter spender than me. That's your food. That's your, that's your chips. That's your drink. And, you know, you may, you may pick up a novelty item. You know, 15 to 20 bucks if I'm eating. That's that's pretty good. You know, not, not now. Snacks. Don't get too mad at me. Uh, and this is uh, I have to curb my spending because I feel like I need a Bucky's gift card. If anybody would like to send me <laughs> a Bucky's gift card, that might help me out here. But yeah, I, I went in there after getting gas and I was I was courteous enough, Drew. After getting gas, I drove, excuse me, I drove to one of the parking spots. I didn't just sit in my 125 pumps, Brian. <laughs> I, I, I get that, but I still felt like, you know, some kind of way about because it could take me 30 minutes inside of Bucky's. It really could. Especially the lines. Yes. And if you got to go to the bathroom. So I was courteous enough to, to get out of the, uh, the gas pump area, go to a parking spot. Right. And so I get into Bucky's. My usual routine: got to hit the bathroom first. That's the first. I'm, I'm, I'm in there playing like uh, O.J. Simpson in a Hertz commercial. I'm just like, dash, dash, get out of the way, get out of the way, kid, move. And I'm trying to, I'm taking angles from grandmothers in wheelchairs and shopping carts, and you know, Bucky's there and he's taking pictures. And I'm like, oh, excuse me, Bucky, get out of the way. I got to get to the bathroom. And so all of that stuff is happening, and I'm trying, I'm trying to get to the bathroom. I always hate it for the women because that line is always super long and I laugh every time. But anyway, I look go just like the club. Look just like the club. Exactly. Sucks to be a woman at times. Right. You can't make enough bathrooms for women, I guess. So I get over to the, you know, you do that. You do a men's bathroom thing. You get in and out quickly. And there's people still in line in the same spot when you when you walked in. And so by the time I did the routine circle, which is drink brisket bar jerky bar uh um the the the, uh canned drink wall dude i walked out of there with about a 45 dollar bill no lie bro bro 
just, just, just stop. You're making me mad. Just stop. Change the subject. <laughs> oh, a good quarter of that though. A good, a good, a third of that was on jerky though. A third of that was on jerky. I'm, I'm. You can, you can stand there and sample jerky all day if you want, but I'm, I'm telling you, it's like the only place I go to get jerky. Uh, good stuff. So anyway. Um, Bucky's you guys, anybody watching, I'd love to hear your Bucky adventures, any good tips and tricks, maybe a snack that I've never tried. Like I haven't tried the Bucky, what is it? The corn nuts or whatever it is or something. I don't know. What's your favorite Bucky snack? You know, maybe that's a question of the, uh, question of the day. You know, anybody out there listening, feel free to jump in the chat rooms or you can reach us on Twitter. Uh, you can find Drew at BCSN Drew. You can find me at DRB365. All right, so the Florida A&M Rattlers, the baseball team, the only HBCU team to go to the NCAA Regionals, one of 64, uh, tied with a couple other teams for the longest odds, by the way, Drew, to win the uh, championship. I think it was 300 to 1 were the odds of like FAMU and four other teams to like the lowest odds. But anyway, uh, I, I couldn't find any good odds of getting out of the regionals. But uh, anyway, the Rattlers were playing the University of Florida who came into the contest ranked number two. Uh, they were the number two seed, which essentially meaning the, the second best team in the College World Series. And, you know, historically, one of the things that FAMU in the two previous times that FAMU had gone to the regionals, I think I saw a number where they were outscored something like 45 to 7 and 45 to 9. I mean, they were just like walloped, like mollywopped in the, I think it was the two, each of the two previous settings, the other team put up 45. I I mean, the teams put up 45 total. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I think that is what I saw. I may have seen something different, or maybe that was a combined over those two previous appearances in four, what, what essentially was four games, right? So <clears throat> I got to go, but I didn't, I didn't do too much research on that. I just recall reading it uh, through the course of uh, some pre-notes. But FAMU opened up the contest, gave up a two-run inning. First off, let's talk about this fact, Drew. FAMU started with their number two starter and that was uh something that coach shoot talked to uh myself kelvin and marcus on the ong strikes on a wednesday he told us that the number two caleb granger was going to start um and that's uh typically something drew that uh, a lot of teams do in these kind of matchups right explain to the people who aren't familiar why fmu's not starting with their number one and then Florida didn't start with their number one. In fact, Florida probably started with their number three guy. Did I lose you? I may have lost. Uh, I may have lost Drew. Drew, did I lose you? I'm trying to figure out it. Uh, I'm here. I don't know if that's my signal or your signal, Brian. Well, I... I, I, it's hard to tell. Um, are you? Did you happen to hear anything I was I was saying a second ago? Yeah, you 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 were talking about the uh, pitching matchups and yeah, I just want you to come talk about the, uh, UF, uh, did not start their aces in game. Yeah, just 
talk a little bit about that, if you would. Yeah, usually in a regional matchup, you've got four seeds, a number one, a number two, a number three, and a number four. Seeds two and three typically will start their ace on day one because they do not want to go into the loser's bracket. All right. On day one in the 1-4 game, teams rarely start their ace on day one. You if you're a one seed, you're a one seed for a reason. So the one seed tends to what I like to call is throw off, and they will throw their number two or possibly even their number three starter. And if you think of it in a traditional baseball series, your Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, this this is probably your Sunday starter, which is what University of Florida did. The number four seed, knowing they're number four seed for a reason, and they figure they have a greater chance of beating the team that they're playing on day two tournament, which is the loser of the two and three game, will tend not to throw their ace and save their ace for their most winnable game, which is game two for them. So in this case, Florida A&M started their number two starter or their Saturday starter on the first day of the tournament. And he pitched well. And then they come back on the second day with Hunter Beats. So that's. I hope I summed it up for you, Brian. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, you did. Um, is that your phone or my phone going off? All right, that's probably you. Um, so, yeah, somebody was telling me AD. Yeah, AD. AD is on a remote location, so uh, if anybody's noticing AD's. Feed being a little bit sluggish, he is on a remote location. Uh, always dealing with hotel Wi-Fi is always a challenge. Um, so bear, bear with him, bear with us. We apologize. Um, as you can see, AD working because he's he's on a he's on a work trip. So anyway, uh, as it relates to this uh, this contest, um, Florida in the bottom half of the first inning got a two-run homer. I believe from the uh, number three or four hitter jumped out to an early two, nothing lead. Then probably what surprised most people, including some of the 7,600 people who were in attendance at uh, Condren ballpark, which is the name of the park where uh, the Gators play uh, the Florida Gators play uh, a ballpark, which was built in 2019. The Rattlers, did not give up another run until the eighth inning. Uh, Caleb Granger pitched uh, very well over. I mean, he was he was really good, about as well as good as he was in the SWAC tournament. Uh, pitched five scoreless innings after that first. Uh, even got out of a tough situation where I believe the bases were loaded in the fifth inning, but you saw the FAMU defense making some great plays, committed no errors in the game. I saw we had a double play. We had guys making some some great uh, diving plays, the infield, the sh uh, 
I mean, just really, it was a it was a great game for a a 500 ball club. Which I mean, you know, we'll say what it is. FAMU is a 500 ball club, but we'll take that with a little asterisk as they really didn't have too much success in the non-conference season. Um, I think Coach Shoot pointed out that of their 29 wins, 26 of them came against SWAC opponents throughout the course of whether it be the beginning of the season all the way into the SWAC tournament. So, you know, take that, you know, take that with consideration. But uh, they were truly probably one of the, one of the, the, they were the best team in the SWAC at the right time of the year. But, but Drew, as we, we had the pleasure of going and watch this game. I mean, FAMU offensively really couldn't get, going but they had opportunities where they left runners on base uh, i think at one stretch in the middle innings um actually if i pull up the stats here let's see if they have the numbers here on the runners left on base but i i think they left about maybe seven runners on base um in total uh and, and then trailing three to nothing that sounds about two. right brian yeah, trailing three to nothing going into the top of the ninth. Uh, the, the Rattlers actually had two opportunities to score runs, but were thrown out at the plate. Uh, some will question it, obviously, because in both situations, a runner was was running from second base on a single hit to the outfield. Yeah, hit to the outfield. One of them. You know, when we looked at it, the ball kind of slowed up. And I think that kind of gave maybe the third base coach an inclination to send the runner home. This was the first tag out. Um, and he just kind of – it felt like the runner kind of gassed out maybe about midway down the third baseline. Uh, and, and then – so, I mean, we got two – and then the final out, I think, was a pickoff at home plate as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows? Had those two guys come across the plate, FAMU is down three to two and probably only have with one one out. out. Right. With one out and runners on the base pads. So that game could have (laughs) got as as upset and butthurt as Florida Gator fans were. That game could have got real dicey um, in, in that contest. And, you know, just in case anyone wanted to know or were curious, Florida lost the next night to the winner of the other side of that bracket, Texas Tech. I think they lost to them five to four. So this was not a juggernaut Florida team, as as many had expected them to be. Um, I think they beat UConn today by a score eight to two, which we'll talk about that game in a second. But what were your what were your impressions, Drew, of that outing? by Florida A&M. I, I think we both kind of left out of there really impressed by what we saw. Yeah, definitely impressed. A uh, lot of strikeouts in the game, though, uh, for Florida A&M. So it was kind of a hit or miss. You know, either they struck out or put the ball in or uh, got a hit, it seemed like. You know, there was kind of no in-between just putting the ball in play a lot of times. Uh they were not able to string multiple hits together to get runs 
across. You know, every obviously every RBI situation was a was a, was a punch out. I honestly do not think, and you may correct me on this, Brian, that they actually had a runner in scoring position until the ninth inning. If they did, there was no more than one runner in scoring position until the ninth inning when those runners got threw out at the plate. Who, Florida? Oh, Florida A&M. FAMU. Yes, FAMU. No, no, there were there were two other instances where they had, they had run it second base. Okay. Two other instances where, and I think they that, but I don't think they ever had a runner on third. Never a runner on third, and, I believe. And if they did have a runner on second base, there was it was never with less than two outs. Right. Right. And let's talk about those two plays at the plate, Brian. Number one, the first one, the throw from right field. Brian, we learned at that point in time why Florida is a top 10, excuse me, a top five team at that point in time. Because even though he was out by a step and a half, that took a perfect play by UF. And let's be real, Brian, against a mid-major or against a swack opponent, that run probably scores, Brian. Yep. Because the right fielder charged the ball perfectly and threw a one-hop strike to the catcher. All the catcher had to do was two-hand the ball, put the tag on him, the runner, and I don't remember who the runner was, from Florida A.M. tried to slide to the inside and reach back for the base. Not today, sir, said the UF catcher. So that was a great opportunity that went awry for Florida A.M. The second one, I don't know what happened on the second one, Brian. I love the aggression, but the monkey jumped on that runner's back. About three <laughs> steps around third base, and he was out by at least ten oh, feet wide. Yeah, yeah. That that play was not even close. Yeah, that that's the one where you know I I think it would have been nice to have held the runner at third. But, but I understand the thinking on that yeah. because Florida Adel had not been able to uh, string together a series of hits until the ninth inning. So, with all that in the back of the third base coach's heads, yeah, let's be aggressive. Let's go, let's go out there and take our chances because we're playing with house money right here. We're only down three runs. This is our last at bat. We are playing with house money. And as we get into the next game, Brian, I do want to note something. The last two outs of the game on – Friday night. And in the first inning of the game on Saturday, there were three plays in the plate in five outs. All three of them occurred with Florida AM on the field. Two times Florida AM was thrown out. And in the first inning, for the second out of the first inning of game two, Florida and them guns somebody out at the plate. And I tweeted that out. Three of the last five outs in Gainesville have been hosed at the plate. Um, I was I was looking while you were talking about the number of multiple hits. Fam, you had three hits in that ninth inning. 
that I mean, going into the ninth inning, they only had two. Uh, so, so yeah, when when you no, excuse me, they they did they had more than two, but they had they had not put together more than one hit in an inning uh, prior to that third inning. So that's why ninth inning. Yeah, the ninth inning. So we talk about the aggressiveness, and so if we if we can move over to the next day, the Rattlers, you know, kicking off at noon again, uh, kicking off, throwing <laughs> first pitch, <laughs> first pitch at noon the next day on Saturday against UConn, UConn, a team who lost by one run to Texas Tech. There was a lot of confidence. UConn is actually ranked number 10 in the country. And so a lot of confidence in that contest. And so, you know, um, I, I think that's a that was an interesting ball game uh, uh, the standpoint of is this the game where the Rattlers are going to get their first win in the NCAA tournament? I mean, they're 0 for 5 going in. Um but, uh, you know, as the course of the game, let's just say this was a contest in which FAMU uh, led at two different points in the contest, including the bottom of the first inning uh, where they led one to nothing. Uh, they led at the bottom of the third inning by a score of two to one. The big inning that hurt them early was the fourth inning. They gave up three runs in the fourth inning. But they rallied back in the bottom of the fifth to tie it up at five and five. And all of this drew with FAMU's day one, Hunter Veets on the mound, who honestly didn't have his, uh, let's, let's give UConn credit. UConn looked like they were real comfortable hitting off Hunter Veets yeah. in the first yeah. half of that contest. Yeah. Hunter was topping out about 90, 91 on the day, but it looked like his pitches just didn't have the movement that they needed to fool the UConn hitters, and they were tagging him. But once again, Feet's defense played great behind him until that fourth inning, Brian, when FabU had their first error of the regional tournament. And that's honestly what opened up the floodgates in the fourth inning. Uh, there was an error. I'm not. I'm not gonna call because I don't remember exactly who the error was uh, by, and I don't want to misquote anybody. But there was also another ball that was hit, Brian, that could have been ruled either way, either as a hit or an error, and it was ruled a hit. But it was a play that I'm not gonna say should have been made because that's that would have been an error, but could have been made if that makes sense to And those little mishaps along with a uh, walk, and I think there might have even been a uh, hit batter in that inning, uh, led to those three runs. And it took a spectacular play for them to get out of that inning. And every day Morier came in, threw one, throws one pitch, and gets you out of that inning. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, the uh, SWAC tournament MVP, uh, Zach Moray, or Everyday Moray, as he's uh, been, been known. Um, you know, he, um, 
he actually uh, pitched into the eighth inning. And unfortunately, the eighth inning. Gave out the gas. Yeah, another inning where FAMU gave up three runs. Um, But let me rewind that. FAMU, I think, had. uh, I'm I'm looking at the stat thing here. So I'm trying to. Four solos. Four solo home runs. Is that what you're going on? Yeah, four solo home runs in that contest, uh, which was pretty impressive. Especially early on in the ball game, I think when they got their first, the first that's that's the first four runs that that fam you had were all based on uh, first first three, first three were solos, and then they got solos. One in the the game. Yeah, and yeah. one of them, and I can't remember who hit it. Ryan, that was one. There was no question, but that ball left the bat. That ball was gone. Yeah, I can't. Remember, the, I can't remember which one of the home runs it was, but it was like, and then there was another one, Brian. Uh, I want to say maybe the that fifth inning, that big fifth inning that was hit down the left field line that hooked just foul, Brian. Uh, you may not have been able to see it on TV, and ironically, where I was sitting at in the press box, I just happened to be sitting with a direct eye down the left field line from my spot in, in the press box. And you're not supposed to cheer in the, pre- in the press box, Ryan. I know this. I've been in the press box too long. Uh, you, but you too- cheered. Did you get it? Did you, did oh, you my God. I, 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 I was like, stay fair. Come on, baby. Stay fair. Oh, <laughs> but and, and it was funny. There was a reporter from a local newspaper who was uh, seated right next to me. And he was like, Man, I hope y'all beat uh, UConn because I can't stay. <laughs> and, 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 and honestly, that was a sentiment in the press box on Saturday. Every All the UF reporters who were there, there were some UConn people there, but all the UF reporters who were there were cheering uh, for Florida A&M since we are, you know, their uh, distant cousins or whatever, however you want to put it. And, and, and let's be real. They were hoping that we came back and gave them another gate on another day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, that was a good good representation of Rattlers uh, who did all the orange up. you saw was not Gator orange that you saw on TV. That's all I'm right, gonna say. Right, right, especially on day one. And uh, but uh, that that was hey, I was just looking at the the results from a year ago in the NCAA regionals when Alabama State represented the SWAC. Coppin State represented the MIAC. And, you know, Alabama State played the number one overall seed, Tennessee, and they lost 10 to nothing in that opening round game. Uh, they would end up losing 13 to four in the next game. Uh, Coppin State was taking on a bracket that consisted of East Carolina, who was the number eight seed. And Coastal Carolina, who is who is a former College World Series champion, right? So that pro two programs highly regarded at that point in time. They lost seventeen to one in the opening game against East Carolina. Uh, actually, fared much better against Coastal. They lost ten to eight, but two games and out. So when I look at the fact that FAMU, <clears throat> for those of us who pay attention to the betting markets. The opening line against Florida was a six and a half run 
line spread, meaning, you know, Vegas predicted or thought Florida would beat FAMU by seven or more runs. The total number of runs was like at 16. So that not only did they expect a lot of run production, they expected a large margin. So if you had bet the under and FAMU to cover, you would have came out feeling good. Now, I, I, I wasn't feeling that good. I wasn't feeling that good, uh, Drew, going in. But man, I, you know, hindsight twenty twenty, boy, I wish I, <laughs> I wish I would have, I wish I would have been feeling good going into the ballpark that day. And then the next night to also lose nine to six in a game that, you know, we had a lead going into the eighth inning, or at least we were tied going into the eighth inning. Let's Best, put that in perspective, Brian. Yeah, please, please do. Two top ten teams and probably the toughest regional in the nation and our little bitty HBCU lost by three runs in both games. Yeah. And Coach Shoot mentioned that in his uh, post-game presser that uh, Ryan posted on ONG Strike Zone's Facebook page and Twitter page that I was there to uh, to record for the OG Strike Zone. You know, he mentioned that, and he mentioned, honestly, the difference between this year's tournament team and his prior two tournament teams is he felt SWAT competition actually better prepared the Rattlers for the postseason than he did previously with MEAC competition when they were in the MEAC. You could say the level of competition in the SWAT was that was that much greater where it made that difference. Of course, that, along with your midweek games and everything else. And Brian, this is probably the best finish for an HBCU in the regional tournament, even though they went 0-2 just like everybody else. But the best showing probably says Jackson State defeated uh, – Louisiana Lafayette, I believe that was, at like 2013 or 2014. Somewhere up in there when they pulled that first round upset. Uh, what about those teams by Coach Kadar? Were those after or before those? Jack- that, Jack- I think that, that I think that would have been before. Most of those Kadar teams would have been before that one in 2014. Because I believe Kadar retired in like 15 or 16, somewhere up in there. Okay. Kato retired. So those Coach Kato teams were primarily in the uh, 90s and early teens when he had those type of teams that made those uh, deeper runs. Okay. Um, so all in all, FAMU finishes 29 and 30 on the season. Um, how did, how are we going to – I know we don't have any any graphics. Do you have the, the numbers? Do you want to just verbally or vocalize our final – Top five BCSN rankings in Division One. I can. Uh, yeah, uh, Doctor Kavir says that is correct. Uh, what I was saying about those uh, Coach Kador okay. teams were prior to those that Jackson State won, and like I said, it was either twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen. I can't remember which uh, which year right. it, it was off the top of my head, but it was uh, mid teens. Right. Right. Yeah. So again, uh, I'll t- I tell you. Uh, uh, there, hasn't been, there hasn't been. Well, what I was going to say is, 
uh, as to put a bow on it. I mean, it's been 10 years since Jackson State uh, got that victory. I, I, I'd ha- I don't know all the numbers uh, to say whether this is the closest margin of defeat, and that's the best way of saying it, for an HBCU at the NCAA regionals. But it sure as heck feels that way, right? You know what I'm saying? If I looked at the total total runs allowed, margin of win-loss, this might be the most impressive. Maybe that's something that we'll, we'll kind of crunch some numbers on, Drew, and uh, I, I may send you – Look, Dr. Kavir done already gave me enough uh, stuff to do, Brian. Right? Right, so here's what I do. I'll do that. I'll do, okay. I, I'll do that, and I will send it. I will send it in, and I, you know, if I'm not in the lab, I will at least send it in, and so that way, maybe give you some extra credit. Uh, you know, we'll work together on that one. I'll send you in with some extra credit uh, to, to help you out. Just you know how those team assignments sure. went, Brian. Just in case you come up so, short, somebody did all. Somebody did all the work, and the other person just uh, stood up there and smiled and got the and got the uh, yeah. A off of it. Exactly. I'm going to be the guy to just stand on the side and smile. But I'm going to do a little bit of work for you, Drew. Not a whole lot. But I'm going to do just okay. a little bit. Okay. Let's take a short break. Let's take, come back and then, and then we'll come back with those polls. Give rankings. that top five rankings and then get into some other stuff here. You're watching a BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD will be back in two. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Never not working. Never not working. Never, ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network.
Welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian Fulford, AD Drew here. And uh, as we just finished recapping the uh, Florida A&M uh, University baseball team's venture into the NCAA regionals, uh, that their loss on Saturday pretty much concludes the baseball season, the HBCU baseball season. And so with that said, we at the Black College Sports Network turn to our computer rankings. And the computer rankings are going to determine who our Black College National Champions are. Should be pretty interesting as uh, we've had a school that's been out in front for a large portion of it. And we'll kind of We'll kind of see how this uh, how this ranks out. So, Drew, uh, although we don't have any great visuals, uh, I know you've got the information there. So, let's uh, let's kind of go. You you give the information, and then I'll do the instant reaction. All right, Brian, uh, we are going to do the top ten finishers. Today, you know, normally we just uh, emphasize the top five, but we are going to give the full top ten. We're going to name our HBCU national champion today. And I, I might I might send a graphic over to Dr. Kabir. Uh, Dr. Kabir is doing episode 400. You know, why not let him actually show the visual on episode 400 uh, on this Tuesday? You said, wait a minute, say that again. I said, why not let why not let since Dr. Kabir has show number 400 on this Tuesday, make sure you tune in to inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and uh Charles Bishop, Dr. Kabir's inside the HBCU Sports Lab, episode 400 on this Tuesday. Mm-hmm. You know, as part of our tribute to his 400th show, we'll just let him have the uh have the graphic on Tuesday, but we'll make the announcement here on the BCSN sports right how about that let's split let's split the difference that I'm I'm good with that I'm good with that all right we'll start off with the number 10 teams coming in at number 10 with the overall 20 and 17 record 38.04 points are the Tigers of Jackson State coming in at number nine is Maryland Eastern Shore the only team in the NEC to make the tournament? That's the former BAC teams, the four former BAC teams in the NEC. 40.93 points. Coming in at number eight, Brian, with, with the 13 and 20 record overall, is going to be the Jaguars of Southern University. 47.64 points. Coming in at number six are the Panthers of Prairie View A&M University. 15 and 23, 49.34 points. And coming in at number six, Brian, 16 and 19 overall. They are members of the CAA. That would be the Aggies of North Carolina A&T State. 49.64 points. Give me your reaction on the second five there, Brian. I'm really impressed that a pair of non-SWAC schools made the uh, top 
ten, so to speak, or made it through. You know, I, I thought there might only be one, but that's pretty impressive that there were two. So yeah, uh, you're on mute. You're on mute. Now the question is, Brian, will the top five be all swag? I'm gonna go out on a limb and say yes. Let's get to it and see. All right. Coming in, coming in at number five, Brian, are another or another set of tigers, Brian. This one from Texas Southern, 24 and 15, 52.67 points. Coming in at number four. Coming in at number four, Brian, 17 and 20 are our count on Brian, our third set of Tigers in the poll. This one, Grambling State, 17 and 20, 54.89 points. You still there? I may be losing you there. I'm not sure if I'm I'm losing you or you you're getting Just hung up. Okay. All right. You're you're going through. So Drew, Drew's going through the uh he's going through the uh the numbers here. Again. All right, hold up. Hold 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 that hold that thought for a second, Brian. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Is this is this like that moment where they had to call Steve Harvey and say, Hey Steve, mm -mm, come back over here for a second. Come here. Come here, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> we got the wrong order. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got we 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 got the wrong order, Brian. Let me uh -oh. let me start this poll over. I was uh -oh. reading the, I was reading the wrong spreadsheet. I I just looked at the <laughs> record. I'm like, wait a minute, that's not the, that's not the correct record. All right, let's start off with the bottom ten again, Brian. Let's just start with the bottom. Let's do the top five. They on the bottom ten. Let's start with the bottom. Let's start with the bottom. I, the I, bottom I'll go through get the quick. bottom five. They on the bottom quick, five. Quick. Drew. All right, go Brian, ahead. coming go in. Ahead. One. Go ahead. All right, coming in at at number 10, 20 and 37 overall, 39.1 points per review AM. Number nine, Coppin State, 21 and 31, 40.59 points. Coming in at number eight, Jackson State, 28 point, 28 and 25, 42.5. Three six points coming in at number seven, North Carolina A&T nineteen and twenty eight forty five point three six points, and coming in at number six, the Jaguars of Southern University twenty three and twenty eight forty seven point four one points. Now that is the correct bottom five, Ryan. Did you have any problems with that? With that? No. Well, I'm going to again. Go to the top six, six for Southern, <laughs> seven North Carolina AT, eight Jackson, nine Coppin, ten Prairie View. All right, top five coming in at number five the Tigers of Texas Southern, 31 and 22, 48.12 points. Coming in at number four, the Tigers of Bradley State, 29 and 26, 54.71 points all right Florida. which which florida team is coming in 
at number three, Brian. FAMU or Bethune? Uh, ho- hopefully it's Bethune, given the fact that they lost to FAMU. So uh, let, let's let's hope that the computers recognize that and have Bethune at number three. And that would be correct, Brian. Bethune Cookman with 57.98 points. 33 and 27 overall. Coming in at number two. Now, now this is their point, Brian, where you got the two on the stage. Wait, it can only be one of two teams, right? We're looking at, I mean, let's be real. At this point, it can only be either Florida AM or Alabama State. So that's like having, you know, Miss America or Miss Miss USA and Miss Columbia up on the stage at the same time, standing next to Steve Harvey. Somebody's going home as uh, Miss America. The other person is going to be the first runner-up. Okay. The the runner-up has a total of 63.73 points. The winner has a total of 68.38 points. Five-point difference. There, Brian. Okay. Five point. Five points. And the runner-up is the Rattlers of Florida AM University, which means that the BCSN HBCU National Champion for baseball with a 41 and 18 record is the, the Hornets of Alabama State University. Uh, and you know what? I can't argue. I can't argue with it. Uh, We saw a very similar outcome in Division II where Albany State uh, outlasted – I can't even remember who was number two. Savannah State was number two. Savannah State. And, and, you know, um, they had a better record than Savannah State, had a better record than uh, – who else? Uh, Talladega. Edward Waters, um, Florida Memorial, Florida Memorial. So even though, you know, head to head at the end of the season, Albany State lost to Florida Memorial, Albany State still, you know, by virtue of their record, they won the regular season in their division. Albany, uh, Alabama State did the same thing. It's funny how the initials ASU, similar situation, right? Had to won the regular season, had the better record. 41 and 18 drew they were pretty much number one i would guesstimate at least at least the last seven or eight weeks in our yeah ranking. i think bethune may have been one for one week florida and was one for one week but other than that it's been alabama state swack east dominated swack east dominated so swack it's east no dominated. surprise should be no surprise to anybody that one two and three uh were the top three teams in the swack east um you know, and, and if you look at their – you can make an argument based on their record. And this is why, you know, again, the, the it's hard to put this on the field. But at the same time, you, you got to be – this again, this is the thing about our rankings. You know, we don't apologize for our rankings because they're metric-based. You know, uh, we've seen it in football. Uh, this past year – you know, North Carolina Central was undisputed. 
But the year before, Jackson State was our football national champion over South Carolina State. And a large portion win-loss record matters. You know, and, and that's the thing. It's a and a tournament. <laughs> I'm sorry. A, a makeup. Yeah, you wrong for that. You wrong yeah, for that, yeah. Come on now. <laughs> there was there were perfect metrics in there for you know some people might look at it that way. So you know, it is not. It is not. We stand. We stand. We stand behind the 2019 FAMU national champions, as well as the 2021 Jackson State national champions, both who did not win their final game of the season, but had the best body of work. So we stand by those. Alabama State, we stand by the body of work, which is what this is. So again, it's not always as clean as we'd like it to be. Hey, look, if FAMU had a few more wins, again, five points. A few more wins, FAMU's, you know, probably edging out Alabama State, even though Alabama State won 41 games. Yeah. You know, so it is what it is. I mean, but hey, congratulations to uh, 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 Coach Melendez and um, congratulations, Coach Shoup. Congratulations to Coach Hernandez, all of them, one, two, three. Uh, congratulations to the Hornets. The Hornets, of course, the uh, SWAT Commissioner's Cup champs. So they just keep piling up championships, Drew. And, and you know, when we get ready to do our our review, year in review show next week or the week after, we're going to have to seriously ask the question, was Alabama State the best program in HBCU athletics? Commissioner Cup says yes. Well, here's what I'd like for us to think about. Can we compare and can we – this is one This is one ranking, Drew, that I'm going to mix – I want us to mix in D2, NEIA, and NCAA and say who was the best HBCU program. Like the BCSN Cup. We'll call it the BCSN ah, Cup. Yes, the BCSN Cup. Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll – We'll give it, yeah, I like that name. You know, who was the best program? We we need to figure, you know what? Before we before we venture too far down the road, we have to establish the criteria because if we don't, that's the one thing about- We talked about race. this on Thursday's uh, lab. Yes. Yeah, we, we can, we, we have been strong and steadfast with our criteria. So every now and then, someone who's not familiar with it jumps in our mentions and says, oh, this ranking is horrible. Where you get our ranking has been consistent since day one. You know, y'all just don't like the results. That's okay, you know. But the rankings have been consistent. So now, Drew, we got to establish, you know, what we got to think of a point system because there might be a D2 or an NAIA program that according to the BCSN Cup, might be better than a Division One in terms of, you know, who had the best athletic season. We're going to have to look at that. Anybody got any suggestions over things we need to include? Throw them in the chat. 
throw them in the chat. Yeah. yeah. One one last thing before we jump off of baseball to take this uh final break, uh, Brian. Yeah. I did want I did want to get this out, and this is courtesy of Black College Nine, Brian. Uh, <laughs> colleague of ours, uh, covered HBCU primarily baseball for many years. Michael Coker. Uh, formally announced that he has stage four prostate cancer, Brian. Uh, as you know, Michael was one of the people who is behind the brainchild of the Black College World Series, uh, just participated in the third annual Black College World Series, ironically, in the city where I'm at right now in Montgomery, Alabama. All three of them have been in Montgomery, Uh and this article was by Jay Sokol, who is the founder of Black College Nines. It uh, uh, says, Michael wears many hats. Uh, besides being a major part of our efforts at Black College Nine, he's executive director of Black College Championship, the organization that runs the Black College World Series, which he dreamed of years ago and founded three years ago. Uh, to top it off, Michael is a member uh, and a special consultant of the Black Collegiate Baseball Writers Association and a founding member of the HBCU Pro Sports Association. And then he goes on to say he revealed to me that he was under that he is undergoing chemotherapy treatment after being diagnosed with stage four prostate cancer. And he was originally diagnosed with prostate cancer in 2013. He underwent chemo, uh, chemo and beat it. Then he returned in 2015. He returned in 2015 and he beat it again. So unfortunately, this and it says also in 2021, he had to take radiation for prostate cancer and thought he had dipped it in the blood. But according to my, according to Michael, doctors discovered the cancer during a routine physical in May of 2023 when he took his PSA test. The cancer had mutated, spreading into his ribs and lymph nodes, thus being diagnosed as stage four. So, uh, you know, just want to send our thoughts and prayers out to Michael Coker. Michael went on to say, I wish this had been called earlier. The next time you go for a basic exam on your yearly checkup, please ask your doctor for a PSA test. Called early, it's 99% treatable. I hope my story will save just one life as I encourage others to, to get screened. My goal this year was to see my 63rd birthday, which I did on March 22nd. My goal now is to help save at least one life by coming out with this news. So uh, so all those, pray to whoever's God that you pray to and just hope that, uh, that your God gives Michael the strength to overcome this, uh, this dreaded disease. You know, uh, Michael has been a big contributor to the growth of baseball over the years. So uh, our thoughts and prayers are with you, uh, Michael. Ahead, well Brian. said. Well said. Um, I, I think you you said a lot there, and I, I won't add to that uh, at, at this time. Uh, BlackCollegeNines.com is where you can uh, read all of uh, 
you can read about this story and more as they have been um, a huge, a huge, I can't even say it, huge advocate of HBCU baseball. And it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's great to, to work with them and see the work they do with a focus on the sport of HBCU baseball. And so thoughts and prayers are out to uh, Michael as, as he goes through the recovery and, and we hope that he beats this. All right, let's step away for a quick two minutes. And on the other side, we'll talk about um, some schedules, um, some big news happening. Uh, the biggest of stages are coming up this fall for HBCU football teams. We'll talk about that more on the other side. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. We'll be back in a moment. I have in me the ability to make you a better you. So if you work hard, focus, stay on point, you can do anything. Trust me. We made this track. Tell everybody they can follow their dreams. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevers Voice time and time again. Conversational, powerhouse, intelligent, and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E dot com. Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice, KeversVoice.com. Always on, all the time. When we invest in ourselves, our glow, our vision, our vibe, we all shine. Together, we are black beyond measure. Remember the revival? Relive the remix. Reunite for the Orange Blossom Classic. HBCU reunion experience. It's year three, baby, and we back with that fire. Calling all HBCU fans. Labor Day weekend. The I love Jackson State University takes on the venomous Florida A&M University. Tickets are on sale now. Watch the game in premium style seating or watch it from a luxury suite. And of course, you know the halftime show. It's going to be epic right here in the 305. The sonic boom of the South and the illustrious Marching 100. Who you rocking with? The 2023 Orange Blossom Classic. Don't miss the HBCU reunion experience. Labor Day weekend, Miami Gardens, Florida, Hard Rock Stadium. Trust me, we'll see you there. Oh, oh, oh. Check out orangeblossomclassic.com for tickets and info. All right, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. And um, as we move a little bit closer towards the end of the show, as you can see, um, I am in my normal abode, normal background. And Drew's on location. Drew is uh, Drew's on location. So we'll just keep it at we'll just keep it at that. Oh, he already kind of, if you're paying attention, he already said where he is. 
So there ain't no secrets yeah. out there. <laughs> yeah. Yes, definitely, definitely, definitely. And Brian, also, because I am on location and have a uh, engagement that I'm committed to uh, at the time that we would normally end our show, you know, we actually started an hour early. So if you missed the beginning of our show and you tuned in at our normal time and wondering why we were in the middle of a conversation when you tuned in, at six o'clock Eastern, five o'clock Central. That is why. So please make sure you go back and rewind the beginning of the show. But let us finish this first, then go back and catch it afterwards. All right. Make sure you uh, hit the thumbs up button wherever you're watching us. If you're on Facebook or on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button if you would, please. Hey, and you also can, you know, tips are appreciated. You know, I know there's this anti-tip movement, which is going on out there. Like, you know, people, when you go to place your to-go order and they say, would you like to leave a tip? Like, no, because I had to drive here to pick up my food and you making my food is part of your job. So why should I tip? But anyway, um, you know, we, we in order to keep this project going, It'd be great, you know, to uh, to 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 just you know any contributions you'd like to make to the BCSN, uh, to the Black College Sports Network, uh, our show. You can see the scroll down at the bottom. If you're on YouTube, you can also leave a super tip. Make sure you uh, have uh, subscribed on that Jericho Broadcast Network's YouTube page and hit the bell, so that way you can be notified. Like our friend Mary 305, she was notified and she knew we were coming on early and she was in. Edwin asked, are we keeping this time? No, no, Edwin, we actually prefer the six o'clock time slot. Um, you know, yeah, this, this is kind of a, a special, a special time. Um, so we, we decided to uh, just jump really to a, some other things and you know we'll, we'll have to, what we will have to do is we'll do a job when we are changing our short times of putting notifications out there that's one thing we we will and do have to get better but uh, you can always catch the shows if you miss any part of it on the bcs and pods on everywhere you listen and watch podcast uh you can find the bcs and pod zone amazon spotify iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, uh, any of the platforms I miss, Radio Public. Just search BCSN Podzone. All of the shows, our show, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab show, uh, the OG Strike Zone, Carlos Brown show, which aired yesterday. If you miss Carlos' show, you can catch Carlos' show uh, right there as well. Um, not quite sure if Brian is back. Uh, we are here on the BCSN Sports Wrap. Can you hear me, Brian? I can hear you. You can hear me now. I can barely hear you, though, Brian. Your volume kind of went down. I think we both buffered at the same time, Brian. I know I'm on hotel Wi-Fi, and... I know what I know what my issue was, and I switched over to my phone, uh, hotspotting off my phone now. Yeah, 
uh, hard line. I had to switch from Wi-Fi line. Uh, <laughs> so I I don't I don't know, Drew. I don't know. Maybe it's a sign. It's telling us you guys aren't meant to do a show today. And you might get the hell up out. I don't know. I don't know. I know you got to go somewhere. I go. Well, really, I don't have where to go. But anyway, um, <laughs> I'll dress up and no place to go. Still, so let's Every, talk that segment over, Brian. You know, we'll go back to doing real podcast and just record it, edit it, and then drop it. And I don't know, but. <laughs> We're buffering again. All right. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to call an audible here, Drew, because I hate the fact that we are continuing having issues. Um, <laughs> sound like we sound like we're good now, Brian. I think in this call back up. What do you say? Edwin said passing by the hotel team. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Is that too soon? Too too soon, too soon. Uh, true story about uh, right. Tina Turner, uh, better known as Anime Bullock. Uh, graduated high school with my with one of my aunts, Sumner High School, St. Louis, Missouri, nineteen fifty eight. Oh wow! Yes, anime, anime, anime Bullock. All right. Yeah, that was uh where Tina Turner was played by uh oh Lynn, Lynn Whitfield. I believe it was Lynn Whitfield. Lynn Whitfield. Her. Was it Lynn Whitfield? No, and it wasn't Lynn Whitfield. I, I know Lawrence Fishburne was Ike. Somebody correct. I, well, I don't think it was Lynn Whitfield, though, Drew. I think you got it wrong. Yeah, I know. I, I know. Ike was uh, Angela Bassett. Angela thank you, Bassett. thank you, thank yeah. you. I can see how you get. I I can I can understand how you get Angela Bassett and Lynn Whitfield mixed up, though. Two 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 similar looking, uh, beautiful women of a same build and shape. I I could see, I could see that. Because uh, what yeah. Lynn Whitfield I, played in was it a Thin Line? Isn't that what she played in a yes. Thin Line? Yeah, yeah. And so, what yeah. was the name of the, what was the name of the movie again with Angela Bassett and Lawrence Fishburne? Uh, what's love got to do with it? What's love got to do with it? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. see, I don't know why I can remember Lynn Whitfield in a thin red line. Um. Uh. Yeah. It was all. Uh, yeah. Okay. A thin line I, between love and hate. That was with yeah. Martin Lawrence. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. I always felt like Angela Bassett and Lynn Whitfield probably auditioned for similar roles, you know. And if you if you saw Angela in one, she probably beat out Lynn Whitfield. I'm just or you know, vice versa, or vice versa. Right, right. Who who would you say had the bigger career? Let Let's let's park that one to another show. <laughs> oh come on. oh come on! I was just I was just trying to throw you. Hey, well, look, we talked about trying to come up with stuff during the summer, uh, but uh, yeah. Best sports movies. We'll come. We'll do that one one day. Oh my goodness! Edwin says Angela had a better career. All right, well that's fine. We're gonna do yeah. okay. So here here's what I'm proposing going forward. We're gonna go two actors, and this can be man or woman. 
or we, we might need to go a, a male category and a female category and then go two, two, two uh, actors and say who had the better career or who is having the better career. Cause obviously if they're not dead, uh, we want to continue to say who is having the better career or maybe another way who's having a more memorable career anyway. But anyway, if they win, they advance to the next week and we find somebody new to pair them up against. How about that? That's Red, to do. Red Fox, Richard, Richard Pryor. Ooh, ooh, is that what we're doing next week? Red Fox and Richard Pryor? <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. That's a hell of a start. All right. Red Fox or Richard Pryor. Stay tuned. The BCSN Sports Wrap will debate next week. But okay, I'm gonna let's reset this, Drew, because uh who knows? I'm gonna have to go into post-production and and get real choppy with it. Um as the last five minutes were a flat out mess. But uh I was I don't uh I don't even know where we were, so I'm gonna start back from the top. Coming out of the break, I mentioned that it was the first time that the MEXWAC challenge in the history uh, of this, which uh, has been, what, over a decade plus now? How many years has the MEXWAC challenge been? Uh, no, it's going on 20, Brian. <laughs> uh, 20. Um, yeah. So <laughs> don't don't mess around, Jeremiah, because we are doing movie reviews next week. So <laughs> we're going to be previewing Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse. The, uh, so that's Drew. That's your assignment for next week. So you, we're going to give a review about Spider-Man and the, the new Spider-Man, uh, you know, featuring a. Uh, no, a, a long as you don't make me show a ticket stub that I oh, how I watched it. Brian. I, you're free to watch it in whatever means you can watch, Drew. <laughs> You know what? I might even bring on uh, our guy John from Grumpy Old Nerds to jump in. That might be a little cool segment uh, where we bring him in. I'll start working on that. And maybe we'll bring in John from Grumpy Old Nerds and uh, we'll kind of help us out with our movie review of Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse. Or I don't even know what that's the name of it. But anyway, okay, let me get back. I got sidetracked again. Thanks, Jeremiah. But uh, the Celebration Bowl, 20 years this is the first year it's going to be on ABC, the Big Boy Network, the same network that's showing the NBA Finals tonight um, on August 26, 7.30 p.m. You're going to get in Atlanta, Jackson State versus South Carolina State, a repeat. Um, the Bulldogs uh, have a – I'm reading an article here from HBCUsports.com. Bulldogs with a 3-1 to record against – uh, Jackson State. Uh, the Bulldogs are making their fifth appearance in the MEAC SWAC Challenge. That is the most of any team in the game's histories, and they are three and one. The three and one is they are they have won three of the previous four contests. Um, the one time they did lose was in 2017, where they lost to Southern by a score of 14 to eight. For Jackson State, this is Jackson State's third meeting in the uh, MEAC SWAC challenge. And it will also be the first game under head coach, new head coach, TC Taylor. Um, the Tigers won, uh, excuse me, the Tigers lost the two previous appearances in 2019 to Bethune-Cookman and 2008 to Hampton. 
So I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you now, the early money line will be three and a half on South Carolina State. I'm just putting it out there now. And the early line should be three and a half South Carolina State. But, Drew, talk about what are your thoughts there? You see that big news of ABC hosting the game. And then I've got another big nugget as well after. So what are your what are your thoughts? Hey, I remember the last time Jackson State played in a BXY challenge. I was there. Then I went back and watched it on ESPN, whatever it was on. Uh, went back and watched it online. And if I was on my other computer, Brian, I would pull up the clip of the mascot, the tiger, getting the 15-yard penalty for dancing and getting and getting <laughs> ejected from from the game. Classic. For, yeah, for whatever Classic. he did to the Bethune Cookman player when they when uh, Jackson scored touchdown. I think there was a there was a if I recall the play correctly. Um, he didn't get ejected for dancing, although there was a little battle, a dance-off between him and the Bethune-Cookman Wildcat. But I think there was a play in which the – I don't know who was on offense or defense, but a receiver and a DB, one from Jackson State, one for Bethune. I think it was a Bethune receiver, Jackson State DB, because it ended up being a Bethune touchdown. They There was a tie ball. There was a tie. Yeah. And – for some reason, there was a and they were still know, fighting over the ball. They were still fighting over it, and then for some reason, the mascot, after about maybe three seconds of them, he tries to pull the Bethune player off of the Jackson State guy. I, I mean, he lost his mind. I don't know. You know, I just, I guess he and and it was a it was one of the greatest clips. Maybe we'll have to we'll have to relive that moment. But uh, do you even let and, the mascot and, near the field this year? I'm pretty sure whoever was in the mascot costume in 2019 has graduated by now. I would hope he has graduated by now and has gone on to get the a master's degree in mascoting. We'll just say it like that. But I remember that I remember the play. I can tell you the intro. If and when we go to Center Park Stadium. I can I can point to the spot in the end zone where it was because I was live. I just happened to be sitting in that end zone where that play occurred at. So it was very <laughs> it was very memorable. That's all I am. But that wasn't the question, Brian. The question was, what do I think about this game moving over to the big boy network? I, I think I think it's doggone good. That game moves over to the big boy network, Brian, not because Prime got up on his podium and asked ESPN to move it over to the big boy network off of you, off of plus, off of three, off of two, whatever. Yeah, what channel was it, it on previously it, or usually? Probably you two? or two. Okay. Yeah. Probably either you or two. But, Brian, that game moves over because of one thing, Brian. That means someone in Bristol, Connecticut, realized that these HBCU football games 
especially these classics such as the Celebration Bowl, BX Swag Challenge, and a few other classics that are out there because, yeah, those are still classics when, it, when you get done. Those are our classic model format on generating eyeballs, right? Because they're generating eyeballs, they're getting advertisers. And where do you, if you're ESPN and ABC and Disney, where are you going to put your prime products at for that particular week? Whichever one's going to get the most eyeballs. ABC gets set of eyeballs one. ESPN gets eyeball two. ESPN two gets eyeballs three. ESPN U gets eyeballs four. Everybody else goes to plus or three. It's that simple, Brian. It's just, it, so ESPN, ABC, and Disney realize the value of this particular game, sir. So that's why this game has bumped up. Now, it helps that it's a week zero game. You know, you don't have a, a, a Michigan, Ohio State. You don't have Florida State playing Texas or anything else to compete with it. And because ESPN owns so many products, they can strategically place it because there aren't that many games that particular week. So they realize of all the games that they have this week, this is a game that's probably going to generate the, the most eyeballs, which means they can command the most money for advertising on this game. So you black folk who don't realize the value of your marketing purpose, of your marketing and the value we bring to these networks, the hell with the 40,000 people or 30,000 people who are in that state. It's about the millions of eyeballs who are watching. That's what this stuff is all about. Excellent point. Well said. Um, that's uh, that. That's where we. That's where I think we have we have grown in our knowledge and discussion about media and TV rights. Uh, hopefully, we'll see some more educated comments about the television packaging, streaming rights, visibility this upcoming fall. That's the hope. You know, I, I again remains to be seen. But um, being seen is important. Being seen is important. And so being on ABC is is huge uh, for these schools. Um, so as big as that is, and of course that's week zero, right? That's week zero of the league of the league season. What's also impressive is that the following week, which is the official first week of the season, Jackson State will will get another big time national television game as this time when they travel down to Miami Gardens to take on the Rattlers. The Orange Blossom Classic will air on ESPN. Yes, not ESPN2, as it has uh, maybe the last couple years, but on ESPN, 3 o'clock Eastern, and uh, that's huge for this game. Um, you know, it's huge 
as, uh, you know, I think for Florida a and it's the first time since the 1995 Heritage Bowl that Florida a and has been on featured on the primary ESPN channel. That game, I think, was Grambling State or Southern. Who was it? Southern. I think it was Southern in 95. Um, but, yeah, that was FAMU, a Heritage Bowl game back when it was on. And then and then, if you want to even go deeper and say when's the, Latin, the, the previous experience or previous nationally televised game for Florida A&M, uh, you, you'd have to go to the 1979 game against the University of Miami, which was on ABC or probably ABC regional at that time. I don't think it was on a, the national ABC, but ABC was doing region. This was, this was before ESPN, right? Um, so, uh, what are your thoughts on on that contest? Back to back weeks, Drew. Big time opportunities, not only for Jackson State, but you know, for Florida A and M and South Carolina State, the MIAC and the SWAC. Interesting, and I know everybody at Disney knows that Prime is not at Jackson State anymore. So for Jackson State to get featured two consecutive weeks is really saying something about the SWAC, and HBCU football in general, number one. Number two, that means that Disney probably lost some programming that was on ABC. Because, remember, the U.S. Open is also played that same, that weekend, that Labor Day weekend. And the U.S. Open is has been what has always bumped the uh, Orange Blossom Classic to ESPN2. So probably what has happened is the U.S. Open has moved to ABC. And with that moving to ABC, that opened up the slot for this game to move to ESPN. I can almost guarantee you that's what happened there, Brian. But it's, it's great that everything bumped up one slot. Look at you, Drew. That, now that's that's next level... Um, that's a next level thought there, you know, um, haven't really seen anybody, you know, publish or talk about that, but, um, uh, that, that's a good point. That's a good point. You know, um, so yeah, uh, also, um, some other games, the opening weekend, uh, I think that are going to be on ESPN or the ESPN family of networks. You have the Red Tails Classic, which will be, be uh, which will be between Tuskegee and Fort Valley State. That game will be on ESPNU. Uh, now that game is that going to be on the same day as the Orange Blossom Classic? It it, it has been. It's always been on the Sunday. Okay. So, okay, so that'll that'll usually be a 6 or 7 o'clock kickoff. That's an evening start, yes. Yeah, that's an evening start. I'm trying to... From, Cramp- from Crampton Bowl uh, in Crampton my Bowl. Yeah, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to pull up that list now as I'm looking at some of the different notes here on hbcusports.com. 
related to it. Um, any other thoughts uh, regarding the opening weekend schedule of games? Yeah, Brian. How about the fact that there is a Division Two game that's being broadcast on any, on, on one of the main ESPN networks? Let's talk about that. Second year in a second or third year in a row for that though. Yeah, Division Two. You you're getting a Division Two game before you're getting North Dakota State or one one of those type schools, Brian. Idaho, Wyoming, whatever. No, Division Two, HBCU. Well, Let's think that about just that. goes again. Yeah, no, that that again goes to the product, right? The the bands, the pageantry, the, the alumni base that is uh, that is active, and you know we we need you have deep winning this. HBCU in history in Tuskegee. You, you you have Fort Valley, who's been a very successful program over the years. You have the fact that Fort Valley, which you can say is one, uh, which is Robbins Air Force Base, which is twenty miles from Fort Valley's campus, versus Tuskegee, which is Maxwell Air Force Base. So there, there, there's a good historic connection in there. You got two air, you know, basically two Air Force bases, HBCUs related to Air Force bases in the Red Tails Classic, which is an Air Force related title. And in honor of the Tuskegee Airmen. And, and with this being the third year, for this, Drew, there seems a real strong. Um, the, I'm looking for the right word, a commitment to to have this game. I, I don't know if this is because of the city. I think the city, in conjunction with uh, uh, maybe the the network television, there just is a real. I mean, three years. I don't know. Was there any word, or did you hear? Is, is there a contract that says, "Hey"? initially when they first put this that over the next three to five years because you know sometimes things cycle away after three years i think originally it was supposed to be uh, a two-year deal with the city of montgomery and then if you remember last year boeing came on as the title sponsor for yes. the boeing red tails classic and I think probably with that, there was a greater commitment to, you know, extending it out another couple of years. Plus, Brian, when you think of the proximity of these two schools to Montgomery, Alabama, obviously Tuskegee lies within the Montgomery DMA, the Montgomery television market, with their campus being forty miles, less than 40 miles from the stadium to the campus. Fort Valley, for those who are not familiar, is straight down US 80 from Montgomery, Alabama, less than three hours from the Fort Valley campus to Montgomery, Alabama. So that's a that you know that's that's a good base right there. And then when you consider Atlanta, three hours from Montgomery, Alabama, 
where Tuskegee has its largest alumni base. And I don't know if Fort Valley has its largest alumni base in Atlanta, but they have a deep alumni base <laughs> in Atlanta. So it, 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 it just makes sense. Now, here's what's going to be interesting, and I have not looked at the schedule. Does Alabama State play at home once again on that same weekend? Because if they do, although Alabama State hosts their game on their their stadium camp, their campus on state, their, their campus, their stadium on their campus. Boy, I can't talk right now, Brian. Uh, I, I was trying to figure yeah. out where you were going with that. Go ahead. Yeah. Even though they're hosting it on, <laughs> you know, on the new uh, the new stadium, but which is on their campus, you know, that was a blown out, sold out weekend for the people in in Montgomery. So, you know, like I say, I'm hoping Alabama State also is hosting a game on that particular weekend, and I'll look it up while you keep while you comment on that. All right. Uh, while we're talking about opening opening season games on the uh, four-letter network, another article here from HBCUsports.com. The SWAC will be the national spotlight uh, on Thursday nights again as three weeknight SWAC games are scheduled to air on ESPNU. Is that uh, is that the is that the pre pre release Brian on that that wasn't supposed to go out or is that the official release that you read? I'm, I'm reading this. I'm I'm, I'm assuming uh, this is coming from <laughs> probably ESPN or ESPN PR. Uh, it's a good question. I mean, it's not the whole schedule like what uh, like what. But uh, UAPB put there, probably jumped the gun <laughs> a little bit. Out. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, we'll talk <laughs> about that. But <laughs> the first game is going on September 21st. UAPB against Alabama at Alabama A&M. Uh, this is coming, I guess this is also coming from FBSschedules.com. So somehow they've gotten an early lead. HBCU Sports is reporting it or adding to it. Um, Mississippi Valley State will take on Bethune on a Thursday in November, November 2nd at 730. Uh, so that's when Valley travels to Daytona Beach. Nothing like having to travel from Valley to Daytona Beach in the middle of the week. Um, <laughs> what a great opportunity there. And then Grambling taking on UAPB on Friday. So I, I let me, you know, I might have said something about Thursdays, but this is a, a Friday game, November 10th at 9 p.m. Eastern. That'll be an 8 p.m. kickoff in Arkansas Pine Bluff. So, ah, Drew, this will be a longer debate later. Your thoughts on playing Thursday games and then, of course, a Friday game. You know, I've heard people say, these 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 contests aren't for us. Okay, getting back to my yes, the Labor Day Classic is being held on that on that Saturday, Brian. Southern versus Bama State. 
that's 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 the Saturday before the Red Tails Classic, the day before. Okay, okay, I'm I'm lost. What do, are we talking about? What I was talking about, or what you were talking? No, I was going back. I was going back and putting. I was wondering. I was wondering. Bama State was at home on the day before the Red Tails Classic with the Labor Day Classic. They played right, Southern so on that day before. Now, all right. So I'm 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 imagining. Did you hear anything that I was saying? Yes. Yes, I okay. did. Okay. Now, right. getting back to these to these Thursday games, Brian. Brian, obviously Thursday night games are made for TV productions because we don't travel to games on Thursday nights. That a Thursday night game is a game where you just might as well open it up, invite the high schools out and whatever, and let them in for free. Hopefully you'll be able to get your applications up from the high school kids attending a Thursday night game. Now, Thursday nights before I like Thursday night games before homecoming, right? Or Thursday night games before a bye week. Because if you do a Thursday night game before homecoming, that gives you actually that week, you get that full weekend before to do your homecoming activities on your campus. Right. Obviously, and if you do a Thursday night game before a bye week or coming out of a bye week, you know, it could be beneficial to your athletes, especially if you're injured. So I definitely like Thursday night games in those situations. Friday nights, I can't stand Friday nights, Brian. Friday <laughs> nights are for high school football. I'm sorry. Keep your games off of Friday night. You know, NFL has been talking about going to Friday night games. Please. Friday night is for high school football. Leave high school football alone. I bet you. Now, now comes to an end sometime, though, Drew. Isn't isn't that about the time when you start getting into playoff time once you reach November, the first or second week in November? Brian, everybody is following somebody's high school team into December when the state championships are being played. Yeah, leave Friday night alone. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Um, yeah, UAPB hosting Grambling on a Friday. That'll be interesting. Alabama A&M host. I think for the local crowd, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on this, Drew, and say for the local crowd, like the local community, you should be able to attend these games. Now, I get it if you are someone who lives an hour, two, three hours away, and you go to. Well, you, you have know, to give it your promotions to open it up for those local people. And reach out to well, people. Not not giving, okay, but I'm not. I'm still not giving away free tickets, though. But I'm thinking if no, I'm I didn't fan, say I didn't say give them away. Okay. Well, I, I, I okay. I'm just saying. I think uh, you know, for UAPB folks on a Friday night, uh, who knows? Maybe you can. Maybe you can turn it into into something. I think what makes it hard again now the eight o'clock start helps you because it's a Friday night. You know, you're you're more likely to be up late. Uh, can you get your student body out? You know, maybe you can turn it into a party for the students or something. You know, maybe give away, uh, have a big party or something. Bring in a bring in a concert after. Here you go. I'm marketing for UAPB now. Have a big concert scheduled for after the game, so that way you get people to stay. We've seen how that works out 
and and plays out. So, um, yeah, you know, again, if you're in the local community, you have no excuse. I think if you're traveling longer than 30 minutes or an hour, okay, I could I could bite and understand. I but uh, we'll we'll see. The um, hotel people hate Thursday and Friday games. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. Um, but uh, like you said, those games part of television. And then, you know, one of the things that UAPB did, we saw them sort of drop their entire schedule out there, which also included games on HBCU Go. Now, we have Oops. not seen yeah, we have not seen an HBCU Go schedule yet. Um, of course, HBCU Go, many people recall last year, signed the big deal with the SWAC. Uh, so, who knows? But UAPB put their games out. They put their whole schedule out there, Drew. Uh, you said that was a mistake, huh? Oops. <laughs> Somebody didn't get the memo. I, I I, told you offline, I'm okay with UAPB putting it out there. They're like, hey, we're one of the bottom two teams in the SWAC. We have no attendance. Um, we're, we got a new coach. I, I'm trying to build excitement any way possible. And I, if I drop the schedule out, I'm going to apologize to – Andrew Roberts and Dr. McClellan. I'm gonna say I'm sorry. I forgot, or we 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 set the wrong. Excuse me, we set the wrong date uh, for June one when actually it was supposed to be June seventh. Uh, when this, and you watch, pay attention. I bet you anything that they they were a week ahead. They jumped the gun by a week. I bet you anything. Later this week, we find out what the what the whole schedule is. <laughs> That'll probably come out later this week. And but yeah, so I'm okay with it. UAPB, do your thing, man. You, you know, whatever it takes, right, Drew? Whatever it takes, you got to build up something. Uh, before we get ready to wrap up the show today, Drew, we're gonna kind of do a little something different as uh, Game Two of the NBA Finals is gonna be on tonight. Um, did you get a chance to watch any of Game One between the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets? No, I did not. Any highlights? Did you did you did you I, watch I mean, any highlights? I, or listen to any I saw, commentary. I saw, I, I saw the highlights. Obviously, I listened to the prognostication of it uh, the next day. All right. So obviously, you know the Nuggets won. Um, that Joker's that Joker is bad. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, who does who does he remind? Does he remind you of anybody when you think of Jokic? Does he remind you of anybody? He reminds me a lot of a Larry Bird player, uh, a little mix of a a Kevin McHale, and a little Carl Malone. Mm, okay. Those are probably a, a, a combination of those three players in my eyes, uh, who he reminds me of. The passing and the spots of, of a bird, the fearlessness of a bird, you know, and just the post play of a combination of Malone, of Malone and McKeever. So uh, is there any thought to tonight? Do you have any thoughts on, you know, can the Heat bounce back? Can the Heat, the Heat, who in their previous three uh, rounds in the Eastern Conference, they, they won uh, a game on the road. Uh, of course, don't forget the Heat are an eight seed. Uh, they were probably one quarter away from being eliminated out of the play-in tournament. 
<laughs> but they not they got a win on the road in the three previous series against uh, Milwaukee, New York, and um, Boston. Uh, so they didn't get game one. Can they get game two? Did the Heat get game two tonight? The line is eight and a half, just in case you wanted to know what the point spread is. What are your thoughts? Game two quickly. It's gonna, it's, we need a Kevin Love sighting. Mm. You need the Kevin Love from back when the Cavs won the title with LeBron and Kyrie. You need a Kevin Love at that level. Because Bam, Bam is good, but Bam is not the answer. You need, you need Kevin Love. I would actually like to see Bam and Love on the floor more together. But it's usually been one or the other. And Bam has taken up a lot of the minutes at their full spot right now. So, but you're going to have to have a Kevin Love sighting in order for Miami to win. And there's rumors uh, a hero, Tyler Hero may be back tonight. That would be a huge boost if he was able to come back. So we'll, I'm, we'll let, leave that one out there. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm skeptical of somebody coming back who hasn't played in any games. I don't know when the last time Hero played. I don't think it was in the playoffs. So you're talking I think, about I think he played, I think he went out in the first round. Did he? Okay. Yes, because I know he played in the play-in game, and it may have okay. been like game two or game three of the first round. Okay, I stand corrected. Yes, so that, that'll be interesting to uh, see. I'm I'm going to take Heat plus eight. Uh, I'm going to take the Nuggets in the first half. Whatever the first half line is, if it's four, five, I'm, I'm going to take the Nuggets minus the four and a half in the first half. Or, you know, I'm going to look for it, see what it is. But I feel like there won't be too much of a, a difference. And then, but overall, I like the Heat plus eight and a half. I don't see them getting a win. And by by all metrics, the under, the total, I, I believe, Drew, is hold on. If you I don't think I can pull it up fast enough. I was gonna, I was gonna, I was, I was gonna look it up because I had my my handy, handy dandy site open and ready, but it's loading too slow. I think I heard that the number was 214, in which case the last game uh, was well under 219. So I think this one will also go under 214. So I would I would lean to the under. So that's in case anybody who likes to play uh, with, with, with any extra pizza money that you got, um, you know, I think those are the best plays that I have heard or really thought about. So that game comes up uh, 8.30 Eastern time on ABC. All right, so that's going to do it. For anybody who joined in in the past hour, yeah, we started the show an hour ahead. So you're only going to get an hour of us, but you can always go back and listen to the full show um, on uh, on YouTube, right here on YouTube. You can always rewind it on Facebook, or you can go to the BCSN Pod Zone and hear the full show in its entirety on whatever streaming, uh, whatever podcast platforms that you normally uh, listen and download. Uh, Amazon Music is a great one. Spotify, even. Uh, Apple, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. You can find all of our shows there. Uh, please make sure you follow the Black College Sports Network on uh, Facebook, Instagram, 
and Twitter at MyBCSN1, the number one. And download the Jericho Broadcast Network's app for us on the Google Play and Apple App Store. MyJBN, MyBCSN is how you can find us. Drew, final word. Just want to send a shout out to the dean of HBCU Sports, Dr. Kenyatta Kavir, Charles Bishop, and Mike Washington, and give them advanced congratulations. Brian, they've put up with the Black College Sports Network's production for 400 shows. 400 shows on the Black College Sports Network. Now, that's for those listening. That's not counting what they were doing on their own right. in their own right. market. Probably the Black Conference Network. That's just four hundred shows on the Black College Sports Network. So, and it, I don't know how many we've appeared on, Brian, but. I probably guarantee you, I probably appeared on close to a hundred of those shows as a guest, and probably produced another hundred of those shows behind the scenes that no one ever knew about. So I know I've been alone for the ride with you, uh, Doctor Cavill. Thank you for letting me be on the ride with you, Doctor Cavill. I, I really appreciate it. I've learned a lot about you. Uh, respect you as a colleague. Thank you for the opportunities that you have presented to me. I love working with you for, I don't even know what year they started with us, Brian, to be honest with you. But whatever year it was, <laughs> I love working with you at that point in time and look forward to continue working with you, uh, Dr. Cavill, over the years. Uh, once again, congratulations. 400 shows. It's an accomplishment. Coming up on Tuesday, show number 400, episode 400, Tuesday night, 7 Eastern, 6 Central, right here on the Black College Sports Network. Also, you can find it on Facebook uh, as well, BCSN uh, Facebook page, as well as Dr. Kenyatta Cavill's uh, Inside the HBCU Sports Lab Facebook page as well. So a big accomplishment coming up on Tuesday. Make sure you check it out. Um, make sure you go check out. I wish out we would have been smart enough to t- the number of our shows, Brian, when we first started. No comment. I'm, I'm just happy to- <laughs> That's why he's the dean, though. That's why he's the dean, because he he's smart enough to do that. We have to go back, and we have no clue as to how many shows we've done. We just know what year we started doing this together. And we have no no clue as to how many sports rap shows there were before Brian and AD. Well, um, the last month of June, it will be the end of season six. So we know we're about to start our seventh season Lord willing, coming up in the fall. So that we are excited about. So, um, all right. Um, there's Doc in the chat room. You guys make sure you hit out, hit the thumbs up button if you haven't already um, as you're on your way out the door. Thanks, everybody, for uh, watching, listening, however you're consuming the content. Feel free to make a donation anytime on the Cash App or on the Google Tips, or uh, you can make a, uh, a, a donation on the uh, – website as well so um that's gonna do it for drew at bcsn drew is where you can find him and for me at drb365 thanks for watching tonight's episode and uh that's it peace out everybody we will see you next week 
6 o'clock Eastern. We promise we'll do it on time next week. I think. Maybe. All right. That's going to do it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's, let's pick up and get out of here. Peace out, everybody. Well, hello. But you know, you stay on hard.